Good morning, Orlando. Tuesday morning here on the 50,000 watt front porch, where we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Filling in for Bud, this is Yaffe. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning Trump's lawyer is being investigated for fraud campaign finance violations. And Governor Rick Scott wants to be a U.S. Senator. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. So there's a lot of talk, a lot of speculation that Trump is ready to fire Mueller. Do you think he will? Do you think he should? We'll talk about that next. And good Tuesday morning at 6.02 on News Radio 102.5. President Trump's personal attorney, Michael Cohen, is apparently under investigation for possible fraud. Federal agents raided Cohen's office, home, and hotel room looking for evidence of possible bank and wire fraud and campaign finance violations. Agents took emails, tax documents, business records, as well as communications between Cohen and his clients, including Trump. The raid was reportedly linked to a $130,000 payment Cohen made to porn star Stormy Daniels. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Back in the Sunshine State, Governor Rick Scott wants to be a U.S. Senator. Today, with my wife by my side, I'm announcing I am running for the U.S. Senate for the great state of Florida. Kicking off a Senate campaign in Orlando yesterday, Republican Scott said Washington, D.C. is broken and must be changed. He said Congress needs fewer talkers and more people who can get things done. Scott will tangle with veteran Democratic Senator Bill Nelson in November's midterm election. Yeah, we'll talk about that more in the 7 o'clock hour. I want to take people's calls and tell me, do you think Rick Scott can beat Bill Nelson? Uh, The polls are showing that he continues to lead. Really? Which polls? Do you know? St. Leo University is the one I, I, I'm thinking of. And I believe the last Quinnipiac also had really? uh, Scott several points ahead of Nelson. Interesting. Yeah. We'll have that coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, President Trump says a decision will soon be made on how America will respond to Syria's alleged chemical weapons attack. Dozens of people were killed in the suspected chemical attack over the weekend. Trump said that a decision will likely be made last night or soon afterwards. Trump added that there are many military options, but he's not going to reveal when any action might take place. A Syrian airbase has already been targeted in suspected Israeli airstrikes. A new report projects huge deficits in coming years. The nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office says the federal deficit should top $800 billion this year and may hit nearly $1 trillion next year. Last year's deficit was about $665 billion. The report cites the impacts of the big Republican tax cut bill and a huge spending bill that Congress recently passed. Uh, In battle, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg is expected to apologize for his company's data-sharing controversy today. Zuckerberg will be in a very hot seat in a Senate hearing and will follow up in a House hearing tomorrow. Zuckerberg will be pressed about Cambridge Analytica, the political consulting group that improperly tapped into the data of millions of Facebook users. Zuckerberg will also be asked about the impact of phony news stories on social media platforms during the 2016 presidential campaign. He has acknowledged that he should have taken warnings about fake news more seriously. In local news, a dinner theater already trying to recover from Hurricane Irma is now dealing with another potential showstopper. A fire broke out yesterday afternoon at Pirate's Dinner Adventure near International Drive. Two workers were inside at the time and one was taken to the hospital with minor injuries. The dinner theater had been closed since Irma hit last September and was hoping to resume shows next month. But now management tells the Orlando Sentinel they might have to change those plans. And finally, today is equal pay day. 
It marks how far into this year women typically have to work to make the same amount men did in 2017. The American Association of University Women reports that women in full-time jobs on average make just 80% of what men do for the same jobs. The group also estimates that at the rate things are going, equal pay won't happen until 2119. WFLA News Time at 6.05. Watch as a silo demonstration goes spectacularly wrong after it crushes a cultural center at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando with Yaffe starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Yes, and this is Yaffe back behind the microphone filling in for Bud. Bud will be back later this week. And, of course, we have Deborah Roberts, who's giving us the latest news at the top and bottom of every hour. And we have Mr. Tom Benson producing today. And we have Stephanie, who was back. Yay, Stephanie! (laughs) Tom Benson's just happy because he doesn't have to do double duty in the control room today. There you go. (laughs) So we have Stephanie uh, screening your calls as well. At 407-916-5400. You can also text to 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. So there is a lot going on today in the world of politics, local politics, national politics, in Trump world, so to speak. And we're going to start in Trump world. It was a big story yesterday that... Uh, The FBI raided Trump's lawyer's office and home and hotel. Now, it looks like this is outside of the whole collusion narrative. So it's once again one of these things that the FBI found, but it still does not prove collusion. There's a lot of speculation, though, on what Trump should do in reaction to this. A lot of people think that the special counsel is just going way too far that it's going way beyond what it was originally tended to do, and um, it's time to get rid of him. Do you think Trump will fire Robert Mueller? Do you think he should fire Robert Mueller? 407-916-5400. Text to 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. I'm going to give you a couple of different opinions on that one. And, of course, if you want to make your wallets great again... We'll also give you a chance to do that as well. What you want to do is text the keyword coming up to 200-200 for your chance to win your share of $480,000. You can be our next $1,000 winner. We have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 102.5 WFLA. Yes, and we are from the Frontgate Realty Studio. You can visit laurahasthebuyers.com, 407-916-5400. If you want to comment on what happened yesterday, the big story yesterday was that the FBI raided the home and office of President Donald Trump's longtime personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, taking his computer, phone, and personal finance records. Now, there was a lot of confusion in the beginning on why exactly this was happening and who exactly was doing it. Because it seems like this is not a part of the collusion investigation. A lot of people thought this was Robert Mueller going in there. He had something on Russia, something on collusion, and turns out maybe that's not so. According to the Washington Post, 
Cohen is under federal investigation for possible bank fraud, wire fraud, and and campaign finance violations. Now, the New York Times is also alleging that bank fraud is the reason. Uh, The New York Times said federal prosecutors in Manhattan are investigating Mr. Cohen for possible bank fraud and the documents identified in the warrant date back years, according to a person briefed on the search. The prosecutors obtained the search warrant after receiving a referral from the special counsel, Robert Mueller. That's according to Mr. Cohen's lawyer, who called the search completely inappropriate and unnecessary. It doesn't seem to be directly related to the Mueller investigation. It seems to be related to the Stormy Daniels thing. Mr. Cohen has been in the news a lot lately because of the Stormy Daniels thing, saying he gave money to Stormy Daniels and Trump didn't know about it. That could be a violation of election law, but we're not sure. We don't know all the details. As usual, with what's going on with the FBI and what's going on with Robert Mueller and what's going on with this investigation, we don't know all the details. So you have both sides speculating all over the place on what exactly is going to happen. The left obviously is in glee today because they think this is what's going to take down Trump. Not so sure about that. But President Trump uh, spoke to the press shortly after he heard about it, and this is what he said about it. We'll see what happens. Uh, I think it's uh, disgraceful, and so does a lot of other people. This is a pure and simple witch hunt. So Trump, he said a lot more than that, but that was the basis of it. He basically says it's a witch hunt. You know, also in that meeting, he called out, once again, he called out the Attorney General Jeff Sessions, saying, once again, he would not have put Jeff Sessions in that position if he knew that Sessions would have recused himself. He's really upset that Jeff Sessions recused himself. He thinks that's what started all of this going down this road. But he went over and over again saying this is a witch hunt. And he was asked, well, are you going to fire Robert Mueller? And Trump said, we'll see what happens. That's usually Trump's response. We'll see what happens. Now, former Trump press secretary Sean Spicer was on Fox News yesterday. And he asked, he was asked if Trump will fire Robert Mueller and if Trump should fire the special counsel. I thought his answer was pretty interesting here, kind of the other side of the coin on this. And this is what Sean Spicer had to say. What the president has to hopefully be reassured by his counsel is that uh, so far this is not about him. It's never been about him uh, and that his job is to make sure that he stays focused on governing the country and stays focused on implementing his agenda. And, you know, we can't speak to everyone around him what they may or may not have done, uh, but we have to let the process play out. And so I would urge the president to to listen to his counsel. uh, And my guess is that his counsel is telling him that this investigation continues to not focus focus on him or collusion. And since he can't speak to the actions of others, let the special prosecutor, let the FBI play this out, see what evidence they have before taking it a step too far. But I, I think that the early, the, the quickest way to wrap this up is to let them do their job and uh, let the pieces fall where they may. Do you- there are so many different angles to this story. That's Sean Spicer's take. He's basically saying that, look, they still haven't proved collusion and they still haven't proven that Trump himself has done anything illegal. So he's saying, Trump, just let the investigation go on, and that's the quickest way to wrap this up. Do you agree? Or do you think it's time to get rid of the special counsel? 407-916-5400. You can text to 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. 
By the way, Harvard Law Professor Alan Dershowitz, he was on Fox News yesterday as well, and he warned that what Robert Mueller is doing here is trying to squeeze Cohen to get more information. That seems to be what Mueller's doing. Mm-hmm. He gets these people on other things, mm-hmm. hoping to squeeze information out of them because he's just keeps going, just keeps going. There's no end to what the special counsel is doing here. Dershowitz last week said that uh, uh, Mueller is a prosecutor in search of a crime. I mean, it, it seems like that because this is never ending. And I want to expand on that point next, and we'll take your calls and texts as well. This is Good Morning Orlando at 619. All right, we got a bunch of calls here on whether Trump should fire Robert Mueller. By the way, I don't think he will. I think even yesterday he was kind of hedging his bets on it a little bit. He wouldn't give a definitive answer, but I really don't think he will. I don't think he wants to go through the political ramifications of that. But I can understand why he's mad, because... They just, the special counsel just has way too much power, it seems like to me. Let's take a call here. Let's go to Ron in Claremont. Ron, what's your take on this? Well, my take is uh, about a week ago, I said, well, let it all play out. But after yesterday, no. It's really? Go. Interesting. All three, of them, all, all, all three of them have to get fired today. When you uh, say three, uh, what Mueller, do you mean? Mueller? Mueller, Rosenstein, and Jeff Sessions. Really? Jeff Sessions. Is a disgrace. He's wow. A disgrace. He's one of the. I'm, I'm sorry. He's one of the deep state. Um, really? You know Jeff saying? Sessions is a part of the deep state. Well, yeah, but what has he done for the president? The first thing he said, what, what did the president say yesterday? If we would have known yeah. Jeff Sessions was going to do this, uh, he we did say that. Somebody else. He won't make the end of the week. I guarantee it. All right. I appreciate your call. That's a prediction by Ron out there. Let's go to. Uh, Matt in Claremont. Matt, what's your take on this? Well, I like what the last caller said, but he needs to rewrite the regs on all these things to make himself have a duty. He needs to get rid of all of them, fire them all. Really? So you basically agree with the last caller, including Jeff Sessions? Uh, yeah, I don't know about Jeff Sessions, but the rest of them need to go. And it, it, it's an investigation begun on false pretenses. It, it, it's, it meets the criteria. All right. All right. Fired. All right, uh, Matt, I appreciate your call. You know, I tend to agree with Alan Dershowitz on this. It seems like um, we're criminalizing political differences. I really believe from the beginning that all of this is just politics. It's just partisan politics. That The Democrats want to use this to win the midterms. I don't think they actually, I don't even, I'm not even sure they actually want to impeach Trump. I know I'm a different opinion than a lot of people on that. Maybe you can call on that if you want. Because they, I think they like using him as, they like going after him. They like having him as the enemy. They think he's an easy target. So they're going to use this to win elections. Now, the real problem with this special counsel is a problem with a lot of special counsels. Judge Napolitano was on Neil Cavuto's show yesterday, and he was asked, where is this going? Here's his response. There seems to be no limit. It's one of the criticisms that Justice Scalia raised when he dissented about whether or not these special counsels were constitutional, saying there's no limit to what they can do. They're alien under the Constitution. They answer to themselves and they go wherever uh, they want to go. I mean, who would have imagined at the time that Rod Rosenstein appointed uh, Bob Mueller to look into Russian attempts to manipulate the election, that this would go to Stormy Daniels and payments for silence and raiding a lawyer's office? I mean, you're talking about the most 
confidential and protected relationship there is, lawyer and client. And the federal government has just invaded that with the uh, express authority and approval of a federal judge who may only permit that invasion when she or he, the federal judge, has been satisfied that it's more likely than not that in those materials are evidence of crime. So what changed since last week the president was just a subject of an investigation, but not a, a parent, the read was not a criminal one? I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that you can go from subject to target like that. I think he makes a lot of sense there. This special counsel, it's just too much power. Uh, let's go to Roger in Winter Garden. Roger, what's your take on this? First of all, Yappy, how many Red Bulls does it take to do a great show at night after doing a great show with Bud in the morning? Uh, <laughs> it takes a th- <laughs> it takes a good nap is what it is what it takes. Yeah, it's really kind of funny. We avoided a, we appointed a special prosecutor without a crime. Collusion is not a crime. So we appointed a guy to find collusion, which is not a crime. So we need a special prosecutor. And that's why he's out raiding people. He's invading their homes. He's trying to scare them into saying something yep. because he doesn't have a crime. Collusion is not a crime. And any liberals out there that want to say, oh, yeah, look it up. You know, Roger, you make a good point. And there's actually a liberal who has been saying that himself, and that's Alan Dershowitz, who is a Democrat. He's been saying over and over and over again, collusion is not a crime. And that's why he believes Robert Mueller is going all over the place on this because he's trying to find a crime. That's what special counsels do. They don't stop until they find something. And I just feel like this is dangerous for the country. I feel like this investigation and what's going on with all of this is ripping this country apart. When I look at the big picture of this, that's what I feel. That we can't seem to move forward as a country because this investigation continues to just rip this country apart. All right, Deborah Roberts is going to come in and talk about the latest news, including uh, the latest on Trump's lawyer being investigated. And a health expert says losing your nest egg can kill you. Yeesh. It is 629 in Good Morning Orlando. And it is time to get up to date on the latest news with Deborah Roberts, who joins me in the studio right now. What do you have for us, Deb? Just jamming out a little bit. <laughs> Anything to get you going in the morning. <laughs> it's that bump music. Tom Benson makes a darn good DJ over there <laughs> <laughs> and a good producer as well. But back to the uh, news of the day. President Trump is slamming the FBI raid on his lawyer's office. It's a disgraceful situation. It's a total witch hunt. I've been saying it for a long time. In comments uh, at the White House yesterday, Trump remarked that the FBI, quote, broke into, end quote, Michael Cohen's office. The raid was reportedly connected to the $130,000 payment Cohen made to porn star Stormy Daniels, supposedly to secure her silence for her alleged affair with Trump. Trump said special counsel Robert Mueller has found nothing to implicate him after a long investigation. Trump also criticized Attorney General Jeff Sessions for recusing himself from anything connected to the investigation. He called it a terrible mistake for the country. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A health expert says losing your nest egg can kill you. Lindsay Poole, an epidemiologist at Northwestern University School of Medicine in Chicago, says financial losses can have a profound impact on your long-term health. We found that people who experience a large sudden loss of wealth, particularly in middle or older age, what we call a negative wealth shock, 
had a 50% increased risk of mortality. Yeah, Dr. Poole says that's something to consider if you're worried about stock market volatility wreaking havoc with your retirement money. She says her most surprising find is that losing wealth is almost as tough on the body as not having any wealth at all. And Mike, you and I can certainly speak to that. Her study is published in the Journal of the American Medical Association. I was actually going to ask you, um, does it count if you don't have the wealth yeah. in the first place? Exactly. They saw the same effects on the body as, as they do with folks who have no wealth and are chronically stressed about money uh, as okay. they do with those who are middle to late age and, and watching these huge swings, you know, where a 401k gotcha. can lose, you know, $10,000. So I was about to say, I don't have the nest egg, so I don't have to worry about nope. <laughs> losing it. I've got my overpass on I-4 <laughs> picked out, though. I can tell you where I'm going to be spending my retirement. <laughs> the U.S. Consumer Watchdog Agency is wanting Wells Fargo find a record amount for lending abuses. Reuters quotes three people with knowledge of the plans. It would be the first fine issued by Mick Mulvaney as head of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. President Trump has vowed to heavily fine the country's third largest lender. Mulvaney is reportedly after as much as $1 billion fine over Wells Fargo's auto insurance and mortgage lending practices, although terms aren't finalized. That would be much larger than the $100 million fine levied by uh, the CFPB in September of 2016 to settle a phone account scandal, which was the largest fine ever. And you can get these stories and more at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando with Yaffe continues now with the Bloomberg Business Report. Yes, and we have Joan Doniger in all week for Gina Cervetti. She's reporting live from Washington, D.C. And uh, Joan, I am uh, buckled up and ready to ride the roller coaster that is the stock market lately. And I, <laughs> what, what are the stocks going to do today? What are the futures saying? Well, what it looks like is that you're going to be moving higher. So, you know, that slow ride up that okay. big hill. <laughs> yeah, we, we still have a little ways to go, at least. It's a promise from China's president, Michael, that has the potential to boost yesterday's stock gains further. The averages picked up about 1% yesterday. Investors' worries about whether there'd be a full-fledged trade war calmed a bit on Trump administration assurances that the two nations would be able to talk their way through trade differences. Well, this, morning's China's pre- this morning, China's president has told a conference in Asia, he will open the country's markets further. That went a long way toward easing investors' trade jitters. Stock futures are 1% to 1.5% higher right now. S&P futures up 28, NASDAQ futures up 96, Dow futures up 262 points. And yeah, you were talking volatility. If that holds, Wall Street would then just about wipe out all the losses suffered Friday. Oh, interesting. I just don't even know where it's going anymore. <laughs> all right. Um... Nobody does. You're not alone. <laughs> right. Um, so Mark Zuckerberg, uh, finally got a suit and tie on. Usually he's in his t-shirt, but he decided to get a suit and tie on because he is headed to Washington, D.C. And you have the latest on that. Yeah, the Facebook apology tour arriving on Capitol Hill today. The social network founder, CEO Mark Zuckerberg, is set to start two days of testimony before Congress. In his prepared testimony, he will say Facebook did not take a broad enough view of its responsibilities, and he'll talk about what the company is doing to fix that. Now, since the news that the data of millions of Facebook users found its way to a political consulting firm linked to the 2016 Trump campaign without permission, uh, there has been a lot of uh, criticism of the company and Zuckerberg had been urged to make make himself available. Very interesting. So are you a fan of Kit Kat bars, Joan? Oh, I yes. 
Who isn't? Who doesn't love chocolate? And, and this. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm hungry already. I could, t- I could tell you were excited about this next story. Yes, <laughs> Go absolutely. ahead. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ruby chocolate Kit Kat bars are going to make their debut in Europe next week. Now, they are already on the market in parts of Asia, Japan and South Korea. Well, now Nestle will launch the new Ruby version in Britain and then Germany and then after that, the Americas. There is no specific timetable for when the Ruby Kit Kat bars will hit the United States. It's a little more complicated here because Kit Kats are licensed through Hershey, but Ruby chocolate is the first new chocolate in decades. It's made from the ruby cocoa beans, so there are no berries or berry flavoring, but it is pink. Oh, oh okay. So, so I, I don't know. It's a new variety of chocolate. For me, that says it all. I, you know, what more can you say? <laughs> this is a good point. I can't I could wait. Tell, I could tell you were a little upset when you were talking about how it comes to us last. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, no, I know, sad, sad. <laughs> All those legal niceties, just give me the pink chocolate right now. <laughs> All right. All right, so we're looking forward to that. And, uh, Joan, I appreciate you uh, coming on with us this morning, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Good to be here, Mike. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, so she is very excited about the ruby red chocolate Kit Kat bars. I'll try it when we get them. I'll try it. I like Kit Kat bars. All right, so um, the situation in Syria, things seem to be heating up in the Middle East after Assad's chemical attack. Uh, Trump responded to it yesterday, and we're going to talk about that and take your calls and texts coming up next. It's 640 on Good Morning Orlando. And this is Yaffe filling in for Bud with... um, Right here on the Front Gate Realty Studio, visit com. Right here on News Radio 1025 WFLA, which is an iHeartRadio station. That means you can also listen to us on the iHeartRadio app. And if you miss any of the show, make sure to check out the podcast of the show on the iHeartRadio app as well. So it seems like things are still heating up in the Middle East after Assad's chemical attack against opposition forces and many civilians in Syria over the weekend. The reported death toll ranges from 40 to 60 people. It's hard to get an exact count because they're not letting a lot of humanitarians in. So we don't know for sure. And that's just the amount of dead. There are many, many more wounded. President Trump made a point to talk about this with reporters yesterday, saying uh, he and the administration will decide soon on how to respond. Here is what Trump said. It was horrible. You don't see things like that as bad as the news is around the world. You just don't see those images. We are studying that situation extremely closely. We are meeting with our military and everybody else. And we'll be making some major decisions over the next 24 to 48 hours. We are very concerned when a thing like that can happen. This is about humanity. We're talking about humanity. If it's Russia, if it's Syria, if it's Iran, if it's all of them together, we'll figure it out and we'll know the answers quite soon. Very interesting that he was willing to call out Russia and Iran as well in those comments. My question to you is, how should he respond? We talked about this yesterday, but it continues to be the question. How should Trump respond or will he respond? 
Let me go over some things that he could do. He could launch airstrikes or missile strikes from a Navy ship like he did a year ago. He can create a no-fly zone and make safe zones for refugees and the opposition. There's been a lot of talk about doing that. Uh, Senator Lindsey Graham wants something of that effect. He can send in more ground troops to help the opposition there. Either send in more of our ground troops or more of our special forces or more of our CIA operatives in there to help the opposition. He can call for more sanctions against Iran and Russia because we know that they are involved in this as well. Or he can do nothing. He can say it's not worth our time and get out. Originally, not too long ago, I think it was just like a couple weeks ago, Trump said it's time to get out of Syria. I'm really not sure how Trump's going to respond. I have to admit, I'm a little torn on this. We're going to find out. But Trump never wants to look weak. So there's no doubt that he's going to want to do something. I'm just not sure if he's going to want to do a lot. I don't think he wants to send in ground troops. I think he still might eventually want to just pull out, do some airstrikes, and then pull out. You can always do airstrikes, even if we do pull out. Yeah, that's very true. Because he'll want to send a message. Mm -hmm. But I'm reading report after report after report that says this war is practically over, and Assad has won. So anything we do at this point is really useless in the big picture. Because Assad has basically won. That being said, do we just not do anything? They have chemical weapons. They drop them on civilians. Apparently, that attack worked for Assad because the opposition has basically evacuated that area. And so Assad's taken over that area. And if we do nothing, he's just going to do it again. This is a really tough situation. Now, Israel, they already responded But the reason why they responded is they actually had airstrikes against Iranian troops in Syria. So it was sort of a response, but they almost used it as an excuse to attack Iran in Syria, not really to go after Syria. Israel, this puts Israel in a tough situation because if Russia and Iran and Syria just dominate that area, that makes Israel very vulnerable. Not only that, but if Syria continues to do this against its own people, you're going to have another major refugee crisis in Europe. Do we want that? I don't know if I have the solution to this. Maybe you do. 407-916-5400. You can text to 23680 or standard message and data rates apply. I I just don't think Trump's going to do much. I think he'll send a message and that's about it. Speaking of the Middle East, Iran made some news yesterday, and we're going to talk about that next. And we have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. So, looking at the whole Syria situation, it's kind of one of those days where I'm like, man, I'm kind of glad I'm not president of the United States because I would have to make that decision. I mean, I mean, the country would definitely be a better place if I were president, of course. But it, the, don't look so shocked in there at that statement. No, I'm not shocked. I just The thought that popped in my mind is I always uh, kind of uh, am intrigued by the uh, aging 
photos. They always have a picture of the president when he starts his term <laughs> yeah. and then what, what well, he looks like at the end. And they always are grayer. Be, yeah, I know by a lot. Yeah. It's because they have to make decisions like what to do in Syria. Sure. There's, there's no good options of what to do in Syria, really. There's not. We're in a proxy war, basically, with Iran and Russia in Syria, and they're using chemical weapons against their own people. And now Israel's involved, and Europe could be involved. It's a tough situation. Let's take a call here. Let's go to Scott in Orlando. Scott, what's your take? Well, you know, you have to take care of Syria like you take care of a snake. You have to cut the head off. And and they just need to take Assad out. And if, if they don't want to take Assad out, you could do like the Mexican cartel does. Take his mother, take his kids, you take his wife. You know, you put Jeez. a point across. But you got you got to take the leader out and the generals out. Then the army won't know what to do. Oh, well, we had a – yeah, I appreciate your call. I mean, we had a texter who kind of made that similar point. I don't think it's going to happen. And one of the problems with doing that is Assad is backed by Russia. So if you're going in there, for one, it would be really hard to do. You would need a pretty heavy military presence to get that done, most likely. But then you have to deal with Russia. And how do you deal with Russia? Yeah, it's a tough situation. But if problems weren't bad enough in the Middle East with the Syria situation, Iran has now come out and made things worse. According to the Washington Free Beacon, they had a bombshell report yesterday that Iran is threatening to restart their nuke program if the U.S. backs out of the infamous Iran deal. Here is some of what is said on the Free Beacon. Iranian leaders are threatening to restart the country's contested nuclear enrichment program in just a matter of days. That's right. They can just start it in a matter of days, apparently. As the Trump administration and European allies scramble to address a range of flaws in the landmark nuclear accord, ahead of a May deadline that could see the United States walk away from the accord, according to regional reports and administration insiders. So they can just restart it in a couple of days. So basically with this nuke deal, we gave them billions of dollars. We have allowed them to test all these ballistic missiles. They're not, they're still funding terrorist organizations and now they're causing problems in Syria Oh, but hey, they paused. They paused their nuclear nuclear program. Yeah, yeah, they paused it, and they could easily restart it. Was, wasn't the Security Council with the United Nations debating what to do with Syria yesterday? Yeah, <laughs> I laughed. What a joke! <laughs> I mean, you the haven't whole heard. Thing the, is a joke. What was the outcome? Nothing. You haven't heard a thing. Yeah, this whole thing is a joke. But the Iran thing is um, real troubling to me as well. That they could just restart it like that. That was that was this great deal that we had with them. And by the way, a lot of the a lot of the inspectors they can't even get into the secret areas, so they could be still doing it in some of the secret areas, and we would have no idea. It's just you know just a guess. All right, Deborah Roberts is coming in at the top of the hour. She's going to talk about the latest news, and in the next half hour, I want to talk about Rick Scott finally announcing he's running for Senate. We're going to take your calls on whether you would vote for Rick Scott and whether you think that he can beat Senator Bill Nelson. It is 6.59 on Good Morning Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. Tuesday morning here on the 50,000-watt front porch where we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic every morning here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Filling in for Bud, this is Yaffe.
And I'm Deborah Roberts, and our top stories this morning, Trump's lawyer is being investigated for fraud campaign finance violations, and Governor Rick Scott's Senate announcement brings out his critics. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And we are going to talk about that Senate announcement. Do you think Rick Scott can win? Talk about that next. And good Tuesday morning. It's 7.03 on News Radio 102.5. The lawyer for porn star Stormy Daniels says President Trump's attorney should be worried after the FBI raided his office and home in New York. Him in the crosshairs, it is going to put him under a tremendous amount of pressure. Um, and I don't think he has the metal to hold up. The FBI raid was reportedly connected to the $130,000 payment attorney Michael Cohn made to porn star Stormy Daniels, supposedly to secure her silence for her alleged affair with Trump. Agents seized emails, tax documents, business records, as well as communications between Cohen and his clients, including Trump. In light of the FBI investigation, Daniels' lawyer Michael Avenatti says Cohen and the president better hope they did everything by the book. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Now that he's a candidate for the U.S. Senate, Rick Scott's opponents are lining up to air their grievances with the governor. Pulse Massacre survivor Brandon Wolf, who now lives in Tallahassee, says Scott did next to nothing after 49 people were gunned down. I think he's hoping that Floridians, for some reason, have amnesia and can't remember the last eight years, which have seen him promote more gun-friendly policies than at any point in Florida history. Scott supported a change in gun laws after the massacre at Parkland, but Wolf says that was an election year conversion and it wasn't much of a change. Tallahassee's mayor is getting some national recognition for his stance on gun control. The group Moms Demand Action recently announced Andrew Gillum has earned the distinction of being a gun sense candidate. The only other Democratic candidate for governor to have that distinction is former Congresswoman Gwen Graham. Gillum tells FloridaPolitics.com he's deeply honored and he promises that if elected governor, he'll pass common sense gun laws that keep our families and communities safe. In the meantime, Leon County commissioners are expected to pass a new gun control ordinance later today. It would close a loophole that allows firearms to be sold at gun shows without a criminal background check or a waiting period. The Tallahassee Democrat says five of the seven commissioners said they will vote to approve the new law, which was proposed following the school shooting massacre in Parkland. A big crowd is expected for the public hearing that starts at 6 p.m. on the fifth floor of the county courthouse. Sinclair Broadcasting has pulled the plug on a show on its TV station in St. Louis after the conservative host resigned over his tweet about a Parkland school shooting survivor. A Sinclair spokesman told USA Today the company accepted host Jamie Allman's resignation after he tweeted late last month threatening to sexually assault David Hogg with a hot poker. Yeah, Hogg probably it. not a good idea to tweet something like that. Yeah, no. For those who don't know, Hogg is a senior at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. He's become a leader in the student campaign for stricter gun control laws after a former student was accused of killing 17 people at the school in February. And finally, a new Central Florida restaurant honors a Pulse nightclub victim. His family is fulfilling the longtime dream of Miguel Angel Honorado to open a restaurant in Apopka. Honorado was among the 49 people killed at Pulse on June 12, 2016. San Miguel Mexican Grill is located at 1442 West Orange Blossom Trail and will have its grand opening tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Go show him and his family some love. His story, yeah, his story is so sad. One of my one of my closest friends is an Mm -hmm. Orange County canine deputy, and he provided security for one of for a different restaurant that this family had owned the night of the Pulse massacre. 
he and his wife had a brand new baby at home, hadn't gone out and done anything social when you have an infant at home. Um, they had a bunch of family over. Family wanted to go to Pulse. The wife was going to oh, go. Really? Yeah, the wife was going to go. But she said, I've got a headache. I'm going to go ahead and stay home. You go out with, with wow. your cousin. Have fun. I'll see you when you get home. The cousin survived. He did not. Oh, man. So it's just That's one of, yeah. That's an awful yeah, story, it, but I'm glad we're able to finally get some good news. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So they're fulfilling his dream, and yeah. apparently during a soft opening of Friends and Family Day, the restaurant was packed. So a lot of folks good. in Central Florida are going out to help this man and his family realize the dream of someone who, like the uh, 48 other people at Pulse, left too soon. And what was the restaurant called again? It is called San Miguel Mexican Grill. And, and where is it? Do you, do you know? It's in Apopka. In Apopka? Yep, right off West Orange, uh, West uh, West OBT, 1442 West Orange Blossom Trail in Apopka. Great. San Great. Miguel Mexican Grill. Go there tomorrow for lunch. Yeah. WFLA News Time at 7.07. I don't know if you've uh, realized this, but apparently Americans are the world's biggest TV addicts. <laughs> and we watch over four hours per day. If you're surprised by that, you can get the details at 1025WFLA.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando with Yaffe starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. It's okay, though, because we're watching less TV and we're on our cell phones more. Yeah, that's what so, we need so, to do. <laughs> so we'll, we'll replace it. Uh, then everything will be just fine, right? Yeah? No? <laughs> I'm going to go watch some TV. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Deb, so much. Um, Rick Scott has announced that he is running for Senate. Not too much of a surprise, but I want to get your take on whether he can actually beat Bill Nelson. We'll also play audio from Rick Scott making the announcement yesterday, and we have a lot more to get to this hour, this hour, including your chance to win $1,000 with our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. What you want to do is text the keyword that's coming up in just a second to 200-200 for your chance to win. I mean, who doesn't want to make their wallet great again? Great opportunity for you to win some cash and we have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. And this is Yaffe filling in for Bud here at the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com. So it finally happened. Finally happened. Not too much of a shock. We've been talking about it for months. We knew it was coming, but it finally happened yesterday, and it actually happened here in Orlando. Florida Governor Rick Scott announced that he is running for the U.S. Senate against Senator Bill Nelson. He made the announcement on Facebook, Facebook Live. And here, uh, go ahead, and here is some of what he had to say. People are flocking to Florida because this is where you can live the dream of this country. Over 300,000 people are moving to the state a year. That was not true between 2006 and 2010, people were leaving the state because you couldn't find a job, you're losing your house, and you might be losing your car. So now we've got to take that same mission to D.C. We've got to take that same can-do attitude that it doesn't matter what the naysayers say. It doesn't matter what the critics say. If you ignore them, think of what you can accomplish. So today... 
with my wife by my side, I'm announcing I am running for the U.S. Senate for the great state of Florida. So there's the announcement. 407-916-5400. You can text to 23680 for standard message and data rates apply. Tell me, you going to vote for Rick Scott? I know that some Republicans are split on Rick Scott. Some conservatives are split on Rick Scott. But are you really going to vote for Bill Nelson? Now, Rick Scott also released uh, an ad on his Twitter page shortly after his announcement. And whether you like Rick Scott or not, this ad is very effective. Here it is. Rick Scott here. I just finished my last legislative session as your governor. And with the support of my wife, Ann, I've decided to run for the U.S. Senate. Some say as governor, I have never fit in or played by the political rules in Tallahassee. Well, that's true. I never planned to fit in, and I won't fit in in Washington either. It's time to shake that place up. We don't need another politician in Washington. It's full of politicians, and that's why it's broken. People often ask me why I'm so fixated on job creation. Here's why. I grew up poor, my family had nothing. I never knew my dad, and my adopted dad had a sixth grade education and struggled to find work. We lived in public housing and we moved around a lot. The deck was stacked against me, but I had two things going for me, my mom and this country. My mom worked multiple jobs. She made me into a hard worker and she fought for me. And even though I grew up poor, I tell people I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. You know why? Because I grew up in America, the land of opportunity. It's become fashionable to complain and talk bad about our country. I'm sick of that. America is the greatest place on earth, and we should all thank God we are here. I'm Rick Scott. I approve this message because it's time to make Washington get to work. By the way, in the ad and when he made that announcement... He had kind of a casual collared shirt on and a ball cap. It was a Navy ball cap. But I feel like there was another candidate in recent years who used to wear Mm. a ball cap. Who could that be? Yeah, I don't know. It said Make America Great Again on it. Hmm, I think Rick Scott was getting some ideas from President Trump. But when when I saw that ad, I am amazed how much better of a campaigner Rick Scott is now than he was when he started. That was a really good ad. I think a lot of people will like Rick Scott's message there. I really do. Well, he was talking about uh, too many politicians in Washington, which is remarkable, especially since in the eight years that Scott's been in Tallahassee, there are no more politicians in Tallahassee. Have you noticed that? Uh, (laughs) No, no, I have not noticed that. I'm being cynical. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so 407. 916-5400. Nine one six fifty four hundred. You can text to two three six eight zero. It doesn't seem like much of our audience is excited about Rick Scott. I mean, I think a lot of our audience is going to end up voting for him. But is there anyone excited about him? Anyone wants to volunteer for his campaign? Anyone really get fired up when they hear that ad that I just played? Or is anyone going to vote for Bill Nelson? Well, let me know. We have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. And if you look at the real queer politics average of polls, 
on the race between Rick Scott and Bill Nelson. They've been taking polls for months now, even though Rick Scott did not formally announce. It was pretty widely known that he was going to run for Senate. So they took a few polls. And uh, right now it has Nelson up. The average has Nelson up by almost four points against Rick Scott. But that that could likely change. And Bill Nelson, by the way, he uh, was quick to respond to Rick Scott. He was on Fox News yesterday, among other places. But this is what he said about Rick Scott yesterday. Now, in the case of Rick Scott, he'll say and do anything to try to get elected. And that's going to contrast with me and my record, because I've always thought if you try to do the right thing, Mm -hmm. the politics will take care of itself. So basically saying, oh, Rick Scott will do anything to get elected. So there you go. Really? A politician would do that? (laughs) Yeah, Bill (laughs) Nelson. Well, no, he's a man of of the people, of course. But Rick Scott, he'll just do anything. This is going to be a pretty uh, tough race. Um, It looks like it's going to be a very expensive political race. A lot of money is going to be spent here. You know, it's very interesting, though. Anytime we bring up Rick Scott on this show and we ask for calls, on if anyone's excited about voting for Rick Scott for anything. Mm-hmm. We don't really get any calls. There's something about Rick Scott that a lot of people will vote for him, but they don't get excited about him. In fact, I um reading the text line here, uh a lot of a lot of what people are texting in, and you can text to two three six eight zero, they're saying things like this. Bill Nelson is a do-nothing Democrat in office far too long. Of course we'll vote for Rick Scott. So that's more anti-Bill Nelson. Sure. Um, One person did say they believe uh, Rick Scott can win. Another person said, Senator Nelson is a has-been. Governor Scott will have an easy win. More of an anti-Bill Nelson thing. Mm -hmm. Another person said, I would vote for a rancid turnip over Bill Nelson. (laughs) I'm not happy with some of the things Rick Scott stands for, but whatever it takes to remove Nelson from office. Another anti-Nelson text. One more here. I'm voting for Scott. Get rid of that useless Dem. So there you go. And then we have another one who says, I'm excited about replacing Nelson with Scott. So most of the texts I'm getting are anti-Bill Nelson texts, mm-hmm. not pro-Rick Scott texts. Yeah. Now, I do have one who came in at the end and said, I'm excited about Rick Scott. I think he's been a great governor. He's put Florida back on the right track. Says, I'm a law enforcement officer, and many are upset about the changes to uh, FRS. I'm not happy that I will receive less, but they did what had to be done. So somebody who's uh, really excited about Rick Scott. But most of the texts I'm getting are just about being anti-Bill Nelson. Now, I did just get a text in that's very interesting. It says, I've always been a Scott supporter, but will not vote for a man who will promote infringement on the Second Amendment. He recently signed that gun control bill that did a bunch of things, but one thing it did is it raised the age that you're able to buy a rifle from 18 to 21. That actually is a big problem for a lot of conservatives in voting for Rick Scott. Rick Scott's a mixed bag. He's he's cut taxes, he's cut regulations, he's been pro business, but he's also 
increased the budget more than any other governor in Florida history. So he spends a lot of money. And there's some things that he's a mixed bag, but I think a lot of conservatives, a lot of Republicans, they're going to vote for Rick Scott because they don't like Bill Nelson. Let's take a call here. Let's go to Dustin on this. Dustin, what do you think about Rick Scott? Hey, uh, how's it going, man? So uh, I have a really good theory about what what might happen in November. So um, in the election, a lot of people that like like me, for instance, like Trump, but we mainly uh, one of the big reasons we voted for him was not to vote for Hillary. Um, yeah. And I think that might happen in Florida too, because I, you know, I'm not super big on Rick Scott, but um, I really don't want to see Bill Nelson go back. So um, <laughs> that being so, I probably vote for Rick Scott just so I don't see Bill Nelson. It'd be like that, the uh, right. Hillary uh, Trump thing. I was just going to say, and Dustin, I appreciate your call. I'm just going to say, if if our text line and our callers are any any example of this, you're exactly right. And that's kind of what it's been like for Rick Scott. Even when he was running for governor, it was mostly, well, I'm not voting for Charlie Crist. I don't want him back. So I'm voting for Rick Scott. So we'll see what happens. But most of what I'm seeing is anti-Bill Nelson stuff, not pro-Rick Scott stuff. Rick Scott's got to do a better job of campaigning. Now that ad I played earlier does a pretty good job, but we'll see what happens. All right. Deborah Roberts is going to have the latest news for us here at the bottom of the hour. He's going to talk about Trump's lawyer being investigated for fraud and a Florida woman caught with cocaine in her purse. She decides that she's going to blame the wind. It's the wind's fault that it got there. The wind just blew it in her purse. I guess I have no idea. It's seven 30 on good morning. Orlando. Oh, Deb, every time I'm looking at uh, something you're going to talk about, <laughs> I'm just always wondering where <laughs> these things are going to go. Like, uh, And, of course, it's a Florida story. Oh, yeah. About a woman who was caught with some cocaine in her purse. And let me tell you the most interesting excuse that she came up with. <laughs> she should get points for that alone. <laughs> the cops are like, we're still going to arrest you, but I'll give you credit for Exactly. Uh, but for thanks creativity. for making us laugh because, you know, not too many people go out of their way to make us laugh during the day. So, so we're going to get to that in just a sec. Uh, but you also have some other top news for us. Yeah, morning. and a big story at that. President Trump's personal attorney, Michael Cohen, is said to be under investigation for possible fraud. The Washington Post reports federal investigators went through Cohen's office, home, and hotel room looking for evidence of possible bank and wire fraud and campaign finance violations. Agents raided emails, tax documents, business records, as well as communications between Cohen and his clients, including Trump. The raid was reportedly connected to a $130,000 payment cone made to adult film star Stormy Daniels. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. All right. The answer for the cocaine in her purse, a Florida woman (laughs) allegedly said, was blowing in the wind. Kinesia Posey, who's 26, was arrested in March on drug possession charges in Fort Pierce. Now, according to a police report... She was one of two passengers in a vehicle swerving in the road when Fort Pierce police stopped the car. Was that the wind's fault, too, the swerving? Probably. (laughs) According to the police report, an officer approached the car and smelled an odor of marijuana coming from inside. During a search of the car, the officer found separate bags of marijuana and cocaine and separate bags in a purse Posey had in her lap. Posey allegedly admitted the marijuana was hers, but said she didn't know anything about the cocaine. According to the police report, quote, I don't know anything about any cocaine, Posey said. According to the report, quote, it's a windy day. 
It must have flown through the window <laughs> and into my purse, end quote. I just hate it when that happens, when drugs Darn fly, it. <laughs> fly all over in the wind in your car. Jeez, you have to dodge it. There's just so many drugs I flying know. around in the wind. Well, here comes a blunt. <laughs> Posey was booked into the St. Lucie County Jail on one felony count of cocaine possession and a misdemeanor count of marijuana possession. She was re- uh, later released on bond. <laughs> all right. You want some more numb, uh, crazy stuff? course. Well, Canadian police have a reminder. Losing all your money at the casino is not a valid reason to call 911. Oh, jeez. That's what one woman did Saturday morning after she found herself broken without a way to get home from an Ontario casino. Despite the non-emergency nature of her call, this is how you know it's Canadian police, told her to stay where she was until they could help uh, figure out how to help. Oh, they're so nice up there. They're so nice up there, eh? Canadians. They're so nice, eh? It turns out their help wasn't needed. The woman soon called back and told the dispatcher a helpful stranger had given her $20 and she was on her way. Wow. Yeah, I think you have a problem if you don't have any money to get home. Yeah. (laughs) For a taxi or something. You don't want to spend all your cash at the casino. She's like, I got $20 left. I have to get home. But you know what? I feel lucky. Exactly. I feel lucky on this last one. (laughs) I'm throwing in uh, all on red. Oh, Oh, no. Bummer. (laughs) And finally, an attempt at humor is landing Green Bay Packers wide receiver Trevor Davis in some trouble. My Packers. TMZ. Surprised you're doing this story, a negative right. story about the Packers? Wow. Hey, well, got to show both yeah, sides, yeah. right? Got to show both sides. Yes. TMZ Sports first reported today that Davis was arrested at Los Angeles International Airport after joking and asking his traveling companion if she, quote, remembered to pack the explosives, end quote. The 24-year-old was taken into custody and released from jail after posting a $15,000 bond. In a statement, team officials said they are aware of the matter. And are in the process of gathering more information. All right. Come on, Trevor. <laughs> what were you thinking? Yeah, I don't know. If you if you were the coach of the Packers, that that would not be allowed. It's not allowed, but don't cut him. <laughs> <laughs> He's Punish him, good. but don't cut him. I mean, come on. That'd be All ridiculous. Right. Pri- here. Priorities here. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I got it. All right, Deb. Uh, we'll talk to you again at eight o'clock. Okay? You got it. All right, we have our latest news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. So over the weekend, I was reading the Orlando Sentinel, as I usually do. Reading it online, of course, because, well, it is... You're a millennial. Yes, I'm a millennial, and this is the 21st century, after all. But I noticed a column from their noted columnist, Scott Maxwell. And he's he's written about this before. He had a column highlighting the large wait list for special needs applicants in the state of Florida to receive medical benefits. I want to read some of the column here, and there's some things that he says that I agree with, and he is really the only one talking about this. But there's some things that he didn't say that I think are important as well. But this is what he said. He said, so last month I checked to see how many families are on the wait list, talking about those with special needs, disabilities, who can get Medicaid benefits in Florida, a lot of times they get put on a wait list. It says, uh, how many families are on the wait list? On that list, so many people found, you know, before when he did a story, he found that there was 21,000 people on that wait list. When he checked the list again over the weekend, he said the answer is now 21,256 people, special needs people on a wait list 
for benefits. One person who was able to receive benefits, Greg Kreese, for his daughter, he said he is profoundly grateful his daughter is getting the care she needs, but says, I feel terrible for the families who are still waiting. Scott Maxwell continues, he says, so do I, but I feel more than terrible. I feel mad. Because lawmakers skimped on providing services to the the disabled, even as they passed the highest spending budget in Florida's history last month. Scott continues here, but the list continues to grow. In a meager effort to reduce it this year, Governor Scott proposed boosting funding enough to reduce the wait list by about 5%, was zeroed out by legislators. It doesn't have to be this way, Scott Maxwell continues here. Budgets, after all, are simply about choices. I'd argue that with a record-setting budget, there's money to fund these needs. Lawmakers certainly find it for things like tourism promotion and corporate incentives. But lawmakers also have crowed about cutting taxes by $9 billion, many of the cuts for businesses, which already enjoy some of the lowest business tax rates in America. He continues on later in the article. He says, I've come to accept there are some people who simply don't care. They've got theirs. And if some family is struggling to find care for a wheelchair-bound child or dementia-suffering senior, they just don't know it's not their problem. Scott Maxwell says, I disagree. I agree more with Gandhi, who said that a society can be judged by how it treats its weakest members, especially when the money is there. And if Gandhi's not your style, consider the words of Jeb Bush, who said that after the state properly funded the state's Medicaid waiver program, not by raising taxes, but by making better choices, the state did more. The state did more. And Jeb Bush said, I actually found that we elevated the lives of all Floridians. So I just want to do a comment on this. I want to say this. There are some major points that I agree with Scott Maxwell on here and talking about benefits for special needs. I agree it seems remarkable that we have the biggest budget in the state ever, but still can't seem to find enough money to help those with special needs on these wait lists. He is exactly right in promoting and pointing out that the state had no problem finding money to help the tourism industry, but couldn't find money for this. And that's something I've railed against in in the state budget. I'm totally against all this spending for things like Visit Florida which is not the role of government. If they can spend millions of dollars on that, they can find money for those with special needs. Where I disagree with him on is when he starts talking about Gandhi or people not caring. While I agree maybe many people don't care, and I think a society should care for its weakest members, why is it that when society has a problem, we immediately run to the government to fix it? Why is it the goodness of our society has to be judged by how much the government spends on things? If the government is not fixing this problem, maybe it's time for individuals, families, private organizations, and churches to step up and fill the gap. Is Scott Maxwell calling for that here? No, he immediately goes to government to fix the problem. Our society always wants the government to fix everything, So we don't have to worry about it. Maybe that's the real problem here. Maybe if there is a gap in funding, maybe we shouldn't complain that the government isn't filling the gap. Maybe 
We should find ways as private individuals in a free society or private organizations, and especially the church and churches, maybe they need to find ways to help our neighbors in need. That's how a free society should work. But too many times, all we want to do is get the government to solve problems, a lot of times through raising taxes, and then we don't have to worry about it, so we can just take care of ourselves. The government's got it. I think that mentality is backwards. I think the government does have a role in some of these things, but the government is always going to fall short on these things, is always going to fail on these things, and maybe, and unfortunately this is the failure of the church in a lot of situations, it's time for us to stand up. Maybe Scott Well could start a charity to help the, Scott Maxwell, sorry, could start a charity to help these people. Just a thought. I just don't think the goodness of society is always judged by how much our government spends. All right, we have the Rush Morning Update coming up in 10 minutes and Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFO. So although there are probably not a whole lot of people in this audience that watch John Oliver's show on HBO, uh, last week, tonight is what it's called. It's kind of like a news comedy type show. He, he's a leftist, obviously. He did a whole segment on his show recently criticizing what are called crisis pregnancy centers. Now, crisis pregnancy centers are usually Christian medical centers, and their whole goal is to give women options outside of abortion. So they're really trying to stop women from having abortions and trying to convince them to keep their baby and to give them other options and to help them out in what's called a crisis pregnancy or an unplanned pregnancy. Well, John Oliver criticized them, said they're misleading people, said they're bad organizations. So I decided to bring on the director of a local crisis pregnancy center to give her side of the story because I think they do a lot of good work. So we're going to do that later in, um, in the next hour. And, of course, we have Deborah Roberts, who's coming in. She just dropped in the studio and is going to give us the latest news in just a couple minutes. It's 7.59 on Good Morning Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. Good Tuesday morning here on the 50,000-watt front porch, where we always update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 102.5 WFLA. Filling in for Bud, this is Yaffe. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, Trump's lawyer is being investigated for fraud campaign finance violations. And the embattled Facebook CEO meets with Senator Bill Nelson. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. So I'm going to be interviewing the executive director of Choices Women's Clinic. Now, Choices Women's Clinic is a Christian crisis pregnancy center. And we're going to talk to her next. And good Tuesday morning. It's 8.03 on News Radio 1025. President Trump's personal attorney, Michael Cohen, is reportedly under investigation for possible fraud. Former FBI Assistant Director Frank Figluzzi says the raids on Cohen's offices are likely the result of a long investigation. Michael Cohen's in really big trouble tonight. And, and why is that? You don't do these raids overnight. You develop probable cause. Federal investigators raid Co- raided Cohen's office, home, and hotel room looking for evidence of possible bank and wire fraud and campaign finance violations. Agents seized emails, tax documents, business records, as well as communications between Cohen and his clients, including President Trump. The raid was reportedly connected to a $130,000 payment Cohen made to porn star Stormy Daniels. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. 
The lawyer for the porn, porn star who says she had a sexual encounter with Donald Trump plans to release a composite sketch today of the man she says threatened her. Stormy Daniels' attorney said yesterday he'll release the sketch and announce a reward for people to help identify the man. Lawyer Michael Alvinati says his team is close to identifying him. Daniels has said the man approached her in 2011 when she was in a Las Vegas parking lot with her infant daughter in the car. She says the man told her to leave Trump alone and forget the story. This allegedly happened a few weeks after Daniels agreed to tell her story to a magazine. Out west, several people are dead after a small plane crashed and burned on a golf course near Phoenix last night. Police in Scottsdale, Arizona, said the single-engine plane crashed and caught fire at the TPC Scottsdale Champions Course around 9 p.m. local time. The plane had just taken off from Scottsdale Airport. The FAA says first reports indicate five people were on board. A Scottsdale police spokesman says no one on the plane survived. Florida Governor Rick Scott wants to be a U.S. senator. Kicking off a Senate campaign in Orlando yesterday, Republican Scott said Washington, D.C. is broken and must be changed. He said Congress needs fewer talkers and more people who can get things done. Scott will tangle with veteran Democratic Senator Bill Nelson in November's midterm election. The clash with Nelson is expected to be nasty and expensive. In fact, FSU political science professor Carol Weissert tells News 13 she expects the race will cost the candidates more than $100 million. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised by I that wouldn't at all. either. But it's it's going to be wow. a close race. I know. <laughs> That's a lot of money. You know, when we were talking about that in the 7 o'clock hour, and if you missed any of that, you can catch the podcast after the show. There's a lot of people in this audience I think will vote for Rick Scott. Not a lot of people that get excited about him. It's a lot of It was a lot of anti-Bill Nelson more right. than voting for Rick Scott. So Rick Scott has a new ad out that I think is pretty effective, but we'll see if he can be a better campaigner to get people excited, but we'll see. Yeah, well, we'll Excited in politics. <laughs> in the meantime, Senator Bill Nelson says the misuse of social media has to be brought under control. The Florida Democrat met with embattled Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg yesterday and says he hopes Zuckerberg gets the message about how vital privacy is and how important it is that Facebook needs to secure the privacy of its users. The message I wanted to convey to him that if we don't uh, rein in the misuse of social media, none of us are going to have any privacy anymore. Zuckerberg is getting ready for two days of congressional testimony this week. Senator Nelson said the privacy of millions of Americans is threatened. Zuckerberg is expected to apologize for his company's data-sharing controversy. He'll also be questioned about the impact of phony news stories on the 2016 presidential election. And finally, the Alabama Crimson Tide football team is celebrating its national championship win at the White House today. Senator Roz Piersbacher said yesterday that Coach Saban told the team that it was an honor to be recognized by the White House, and they're going regardless of the members' political thoughts. The team also visited the nation's capital four times under President Obama. WFLA News Time, it's 8.07, and you can watch as a silo demolition goes spectacularly wrong after it crushes a cultural center. You can get that at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando with Yaffe starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Yes, and this is Yaffe filling in for Bud. In the next segment, we're going to be talking with Vicki Matthews, who's with Choices Women's Clinic. Now, Choices Women's Clinic, according to their mission statement, says they equip individuals to make informed, life-affirming choices regarding unplanned pregnancies 
and shares the gospel of Jesus Christ in words and actions. The reason I'm bringing her on is John Oliver recently did a segment criticizing these crisis pregnancy centers. So I wanted to bring her on and give her side of the story. So we're going to do that this half hour. But before that, we're going to make your wallet great again. You have a chance to win $1,000. All you have to do is text the keyword to 200-200 for your chance to win. Listen for the keyword in just a moment after a message from Deb and text it to 200-200. And, well, we'll make your wallet great again with more cash, of course. We have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. So, uh, noted leftist and comedian and political commentator John Oliver, he does this show last week tonight on HBO. And a lot of it, you know, it's... It's almost like a daily show kind of thing, but he gets he gets deeper into topics, but they're always leftist topics. A lot of times it's criticizing Trump, for example. But I happened to catch this. It was kind of going viral on Twitter and different news outlets about how he started criticizing crisis pregnancy centers. Here's a little bit of the audio of that. Mississippi, for example, has one abortion clinic and 38 crisis pregnancy centers. So if they are that prevalent, people should absolutely know what they are. And look, if you believe abortion is immoral, you are, of course, allowed to set up a center dedicated to convincing women of that. But what is happening with CPCs is that way too often, women with unplanned pregnancies are being actively misled while trying to access health care. And CPCs seem happy to have women confuse them for abortion clinics. So uh, there you go. And if you watch the whole thing, he just totally trashes a lot of them. Well, there's a local one here called Choices Women's Clinic that I've heard nothing but good things about. I know people that volunteer for them. They have a walk for life coming up. So I wanted to bring on the executive director and tell, let her tell her story and talk about what they do. So we're talking with Vicki Matthews, who's the executive director of Choices Women's Clinic. And Vicki, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Mike. It's great to be here. So tell me a little bit about what Choices Women's Clinic is all about. Well, we are a medical pregnancy clinic, and we offer women and men in our community free services that find themselves in unplanned pregnancies um, in the area of ultrasound, uh, pregnancy testing, STD testing, options, consultation, medical consultation, and ongoing services like parenting development and life coaching. And, you know, I was just reading your mission statement. It says that you equip individuals to make informed, life-affirming choices regarding unplanned pregnancies and shares the gospel of Jesus Christ and word and actions. It also says your vision is to reduce the number of abortions annually until there are zero. Your goal is no more abortions. Is that right? That's right. And and our approach to that is really uh, very different than uh, a political approach, very different than uh, standing in front of an abortion clinic approach. Our approach is to be there to inform women and men with medical professionals who are going to give them accurate and true information. So we we believe that um, we believe they're they can be respected. We believe in the dignity of each person to make an informed decision. Uh, but based on truth, based on fact. Um, of course, we do that in the love of Jesus Christ because that's who we are, and we don't apologize for that. 
Um, but we, we reach out in our community because we believe that many women and men are proselytized, victimized, and are the marginalized of our community and our culture here, especially in Orlando with so many abortion clinics. And we believe they deserve better than that. So John Oliver was making the point. He says that a lot of times crisis pregnancy centers like yours mislead people. I mean, when I'm reading your information here about the place, I don't see anything misleading. It seems like you're very upfront and open about what you guys do. Mm -hmm. But he's saying that you kind of trick people who go in thinking they want an abortion and then you trick them into not getting an abortion or something. Mm hmm. Well, it's interesting to me that the battle has definitely gotten a, a little crazier. I think over the last few years, there have been a lot of, quote, smear campaigns against crisis pregnancy centers in the United States. And I think even he uh, points that out. Why would that be? Because we outnumber them two to one. <laughs> you know, uh, there's twice as many now pregnancy centers as there are abortion clinics. Uh, those pregnancy centers are fully funded by their local community. Uh, a lot, their Christian community, uh, do not receive government funds, and they're there offering their services free of charge, unlike Planned Parenthood and the abortion clinics that literally proselytize people into their decisions. So, you know, we're we're very upfront with what we do. First of all, I, I think the listening community and the community at large needs to understand that out of the pregnancy centers in the United States, over half of them are now medical clinics. And what that means is we are under the license and follow state laws here in Florida for us, um, and we have a medical director. We are under the license of a doctor. Um, she does not practice on site. She is a volunteer. Um, our particular medical doctor, Dr. Nicole Gagliano, who's given her license for many years and given us direction and supervision. Uh, we employ and have uh, nurses on staff. We have RDMSs on staff, which are licensed sonographers. And so that's who's dispensing medical information and medical services in our clinic. Gotcha. Okay, Vicki, I was uh, hoping, uh, I want to talk to you more about this. Are you able to stay with me for uh, one more segment? Yes. All right, uh, um, we are talking with Vicki Matthews, who is with Choices Women's Clinic, a Christian crisis pregnancy center that tries to help women and give them other options other than, of course, getting an abortion. We're going to talk with her more about this in just a second. And we have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. So I saw this uh, segment from John Oliver, who is a noted leftist. He did a whole thing against crisis pregnancy centers, trying to make them look bad. Says too many of them trying to mislead people. They judge people. They give false facts um, in trying to prevent people from having an abortion. So I decided I know some people who volunteer for the local crisis pregnancy center, Choices Women's Clinic. And we're talking with Vicki Matthews, who's the executive director of Choices Women's Clinic, because we wanted to let her tell her side of the story about what their true mission really is and what they actually do. So, Vicki, I really appreciate you coming on with me this morning. It's great to be here, Mike. Um, before we continue on, I wanted to give you an opportunity. What drives you? What makes you want to uh, do this? Well... 
My my mission and passion and purpose in this is is a little bit twofold. First of all, I'm post abortive myself. Before I came to a place in my life where I uh, came into my faith and accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, I made a decision to abort back in um, the 70s. And this was post Roe versus Wade, and uh, it was a very tragic decision for me, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, even at that time. And so it's been a journey, and um, I was basically called into this work in 1987. And when I saw that there was a work that actually loved the women in a non judgmental way and truly gave them information and love and support and care. I just, that was it. That was a destiny moment for me. And so I've been involved in this for 31 years. So part of my purpose is that. And secondly, I'm very passionate about what's going on here in Orlando. I've traveled the country, actually the world, helping pregnancy centers over the last 28 years. And I've, I've seen a lot of, been in a lot of pregnancy centers. I've helped a lot of pregnancy centers. I've consulted and trained. But when I moved to Orlando four years ago and I saw firsthand what was happening here, I could not turn away. I could not keep getting on an airplane and saying, oh, well, that's my city. And so it really became a a journey of I have to do something about this. This is my city. This this is an abortion destination in Orlando. It's really interesting that you were able to admit that you had an abortion yourself and you realize it was a mistake. So people who say, you know, you're ignorant or you're too judgmental, it's hard to say that to you because you went through it yourself and you're not doing this in a judgmental way. You're just trying to help make people or help people make better decisions and not to have that abortion. Right. I was truly what I would say proselytized by Planned Parenthood in my own decision. I was not informed. It was a decision based on fear. It was a decision based on absolutely no education, whatever. And I think that's wrong. And I think that we need to offer women and men something better than that, that um, they do have dignity and they can make a decision based on fact. And had I had that, I would have not had that abortion. Um, uh, we have some texters who are wondering, are you guys nonprofit and do you accept donations? Yes, we are nonprofit. And in fact, all of our funding comes from the local community, from churches and individuals in our community. And so you can reach out to us and make that um, donation online at any time. We have a separate website for our friends and family, so to say, at uh, choicesministries.org. That's choicesministries.org. And you guys have, have a Walk for Life coming up, don't you? Yes, we do on April 28th at right. Blue Jacket Park in Baldwin Park area. Uh, Nine o'clock, we'd love to see you. We're always looking for more people to be sponsored walkers and lots of about 50 churches engage with us on that. You can also reach us about that at choicesministries.org or call our clinic. Gotcha. Vicki Matthews, I really appreciate you coming on with us. She is the executive director of Choices Women's Clinic. They are a crisis pregnancy center. Their goal is eventually no abortions in this country, but they do it by informing people and letting women know that there are other options. 
and they do it in a non-judgmental way. I really appreciate you coming on with us, and good luck in uh, everything you do and everything your ministry does. Thank you, Mike. So appreciate the opportunity. All right, and Deborah Roberts is coming in as well to talk about the latest news at the bottom of the hour. It is Good Morning Orlando. It's always an adventure looking at um, Deborah Roberts' headline. She, she gives me like a list of headlines to tease what she's going to talk about. And this one reads, um, a zoo theft attempt is botched by defensive monkeys. That's right. And I'm like, why? I can't wait to find out about the defensive monkeys. These primates were primed <laughs> for a fight. Let me tell you what. <laughs> so we're going to, we will get to that very important story, but you also have some other breaking news for yes, us. Yes, I do. Starting off with President Trump is tweeting that attorney-client privilege is dead. This morning, this comes a day after the FBI raided the office, hotel room, and home of Trump's longtime personal attorney, Michael Cohen. The raids were reportedly the result of a tip from special counsel Robert Mueller's investigators, but not directly connected to the Russia probe. Instead, they had to do with a $130,000 payment Cohen made to porn star Stormy Daniels. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Score one for the monkeys. A pack of monkeys in New Zealand isn't allowing any thief to take them away from their home at the Wellington Zoo. Zoo officials saying apparent attempt to steal squirrel monkeys failed when the primates fought back. Really? Someone reportedly used box cutters to cut into the uh, zoo enclosure. Now, several Jeez. of the 12 monkeys living inside the enclosure had minor injuries on them, leading zoo officials to believe they fought off the thieves. <laughs> Police are investigating the break-in. <laughs> Not in our house. That's right. Exactly. Are you kidding? We get great bananas here. Go someplace else. <laughs> right. I don't know. Why have would to... you want to? I mean, I guess they're worth a lot of money. I was just thinking, why would you want to steal some monkeys? But Black trade. Yeah. Yeah, I can sell them what for it is. Exactly. Sell them for a lot of money. Back here stateside and out west, Arizona is extra camera shy. An Arizona resident set up a camera to capture local wildlife, but footage last week shows a territorial bear biting and clawing at the camera. It was set up on a trail in the Whispering Mm. Pines area. The filmer said luckily the camera was encased in steel or else it would just be a pile of plastic. (laughs) So Deb's message with her stories this morning is don't mess with the animals in their habitat. Exactly. Or even exactly. Yeah. Because they'll mess with you back. Yeah. But there are some sweet animal stories, too. Okay. Even closer to home. Yeah. This is from our friends at Fox 35. Deputy Bill Mac McCaffrey and canine deputy Tootsie Roll. Patrol the halls of Redbug Elementary nearly every single day. Oh, really? Yeah, but this canine cop does not sniff out drugs or explosives. She also doesn't find missing people either. This little puppy only has one mission. Make people smile. (laughs) Tootsie Roll is one of four canine comfort dogs the Hmm. Seminole County Sheriff's Office has assigned to four school resource deputies this year. What, What is it about dogs that just make you feel feel better because they're love wrapped in fur and slobber uh, they are they are cats too i i think we need a comfy uh comfy dog here a comfort dog here in the studio right now he'll be here tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) deb's like i'm on it i'm on it lex you're coming to work with mom tomorrow and i don't think i have time for my my last story so i'll save it for the deb segments tomorrow All right, cool. Now get on getting us a comfort dog for the studio. Yes, sir.
I'm sure the engineers will love that. Yeah, exactly. So would your allergies. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Get 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 like a poodle or something. I'm not allergic to those. Yes, sir. Anything else you'd like this morning? Some monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> to protect us if there's ever any say, intruders. You know, there's just some questions you just don't want to keep asking. <laughs> After you said monkey, I'm like, I'm out. I don't want to ask anything more. <laughs> All right, so we have the sound judgment game <laughs> coming up next. <laughs> Uh, call 407-916-5400, 407-916-5400 for your chance to win some film festival tickets and, of course, that ever-popular Trump board game. We have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. And this is Yaffe filling in for Bud at the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We're here on News Radio 1025 WFLA, also on AM 540. And of course, we are all as well an iHeart Radio station. So we have the sound judgment game coming up right now. We have a full bank of phone calls, but if someone gets a wrong answer, you can call up 407 916 5400. And yay, Stephanie is back today. Yes, I am. And it is her birthday, by the way. So happy birthday, Stephanie. I'm glad you were able to come in and work on your birthday. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I can't tell if she's being sarcastic or if she's actually happy. But um, anyway, (laughs) Stephanie, the audience is glad to have you back. And tell us what they can win today for Sound Judgment. Yeah, so our winner today gets their very own copy of the brand new Trump Policy Board Game. Play Trump Policy with your family, play it with your friends, and very soon you'll know whether they are your friends. And we also have a great four-pack of tickets to a C- a film at the Florida Film Festival at the Enzion happening April 6th to the 15th. Now in its 27th year, the Florida Film Festival is an Oscar-qualifying festival premiering the best in current independent and international cinema. All right, so the big story of the day that we've been talking a lot about is the fact that Governor Rick Scott has announced he is running against Bill Nelson for Senate. One thing Rick Scott has proposed and he's going to run on is term limits for members of Congress. Here is some audio of his opponent, Bill Nelson, responding to that. The fact is that Mark Zuckerberg came to see me because I am now uh, the ranking Democrat, and if we get the majority, we'll be the chairman. It takes time to work up through the seniority system. So I would think that that's particularly important to Florida. It takes time to work up in the system. All right, so another, obviously, he is against term limits for Congress. Another reason to not vote for Bill Nelson. But the sound judgment question today, how many years has Bill Nelson been in the Senate? How many years has he been in the Senate? Let's go to line one. Line one, how long has Bill Nelson been in the Senate for Florida? 30. Nope, nope. Uh, less than that, believe it or not. I know he looks like 150 years old, but no, it has not that long. Let's go to line two. 28. 28. No, no. Less, less than that. Less than that. 407-916-5400. 407-916-5400 for your chance to win those prizes. How long has Bill Nelson been in the Senate? Let's go to line three. Line three. Let's go with 24. 24, no, no. It's less than 20. Less than 20. I know people think he's been in there forever because it just it just seems like it, really, because he's so old. All right, let's go to line four. Line four, how many years has Bill Nelson been uh, in the Senate? 
Hey, Michael, I'm going to say 18, going on 18. Oh, you were so close, so close, so close, but nope, that's wrong. Let's go to line one. Line one, uh, how long has Bill Nelson been in the Senate? I had 18. The man before says 18, so I'm saying 19. Nope, nope, you were were very, very, very close. You just went in the wrong direction. Let's go to line two. Line two, how many years has Bill Nelson been in the Senate? Yes, sir. He should have stayed with his first guess. It was 18 years. Why, why is everyone saying 18 years? Because it's 18 years. Tell me how it did. Well, how did I get this wrong then? Everyone keeps telling three, me it's 18. Three terms, three six-year terms is 18. Yeah, but he has, he's not done yet with his last term. Well, this, is, this would be the, the 18th year. No, no, no. It's very close. I don't know how to give a hint. It's not 18. Let's go to uh, line three. Line three, what is it? 17. 17, yes. He's been in since 2001. It's 2018. So 2018, line 2001 is 17. Am I I wrong on this? Uh, Like, how am I getting this wrong? (laughs) Because he hasn't finished this term yet. Well, the others were working on new math. You're doing old math. Okay. Yeah, but he ha- I mean, I understand what they're saying. He would be 18 if he had finished, but it's he's been in for 17 years. Am I, am I wrong on this, Tom Benson? I can't see to figure out how I'm wrong here. I think you're right. Okay. Go- <laughs> okay. Go with the host. After all, you buy breakfast. <laughs> I, I <don't> <laughs> all right. Uh, who, who, who call, um, who's calling in today? Who, who, um, who is our winner here? Hello? Hey, Yappy, it's Joe. Oh, Joe. Okay, Joe. Am I am I right on this, or what am I missing here? It's seventeen, right? If he was, yeah. Old old math is better than the new math. Okay, <laughs> okay. I appreciate it. All right, Joe from Orlando. Hold on, and we'll give you a chance to figure out how to win those tickets. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out, you know, how if I got this wrong here. I don't know. All right, <laughs> we have our windows news, weather, and driving in just two minutes. News Radio one two five WFLA. So, I do my own show on this station a couple nights a week. Uh, not usually when I'm hosting the morning show, but when Bud's back, I'll go back to doing my show in the evening. You can catch the podcast at beyondreasonradio.com or on iHeartRadio. And sometimes I talk about things that, a lot of times I talk about things that are just beyond reason, of course. And this story, it really is beyond reason. I almost can't believe this is actually happening. Really, I, I can't believe this is actually happening. It's, it's amazing to me. The London mayor, <laughs> Sadiq Khan, because they've had a rise in murders there, and a lot of these murders have been by knives, he's going for knife control. I kid you, I mean, I kid you not. He is wanting to ban knives. How is this a thing? Like, I just can't understand this. How is that possible? Because anything could be used. I know. To, to stab someone. A, a pen. He, he tweeted out yesterday. Yeah. No excuses. There is never a reason to carry a knife. He mm-hmm. tweeted it out over the weekend, actually. Mm-hmm. Anyone who does will be caught and they will feel the full force of the law. Again, there's no, <sighs> no way that you can uh, you know, protect yourself there. Can you imagine for feeling the full force of the law for carrying a knife? 
No excuses. So if I have like a pocket knife, you know, in Boy Scouts, I had like a pocket knife. I could use it for all kinds of different things. You don't always use it for killing people, you know. Knives have a lot of different uses. By the way, that's Scouts, not Boy Scouts. Scouts. Scouts? Yeah, oh, scouts. yeah, because yeah. the girls are allowed in now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a whole yeah. other issue, Tom Benson. <laughs> it's another beyond reason story. But now he wants to, and Parliament is actually looking at different steps to for knife control. You know, you know what would help if someone's attacking you with a knife, Tom Benson? You know what actually help against that? Run? <laughs> well, she has, I guess you could run, uh-huh. but he, he might be faster than you. That's true. What what would help? A gun. Ah! <laughs> you know, maybe that's one reason why I would want a gun as a law-abiding citizen, so I could protect myself against some robber bad guy who was attacking me with a knife and trying to kill me. But private guns are already outlawed in... London and Of course England? they are. Yeah. Of course they are. And so they can't protect themselves, so now they're getting killed by knives. And now we want knife control. He also wants to boost police power. He wants extra patrols and extra search powers, which he got rid of before because he said the, the frisks were racist. So he got rid of the frisk policy. Now he wants to bring that back, of course, because crime went up, of course. But he, he wants... He wants knife knife control. This is amazing stuff. So our friends at the Babylon Bee, <laughs> they have a they have a story about something else that the London mayor wants to seem to ban. Huh? Really? <laughs> yes. Well, after uh-huh. guns and knives, what's left? <laughs> Here's the headline: In response to growing number of fist fights, uh. the London mayor wants to ban hands. <laughs> <laughs> In response to the recent outbreak in fistfights, London Mayor Sadiq Khan announced Monday a sweeping ban of hands in the city, effective immediately. <laughs> no excuses, he said. There is never a reason to have hands in a modern civil society. <laughs> Anyone who does will be caught and they will feel the full force of the law. Along with the new hand control measures, Khan announced a new task force focused on purging the city of hands as well as expanded police presence focused on stopping and searching citizens who they think may have failed to have their hands removed from their person. <laughs> okay, obviously it's the Babylon Bee. It's a parody site. It's not a real story. But it might be one day. I don't know. I never thought I would see the day that we'd have politicians in Europe calling for knife control. It's beyond reason, as I would like to say. All right, I appreciate you uh, joining me. This morning, we covered a lot of issues. There's a lot of stuff I didn't even have time to get to. But if you missed any of the show, make sure to check out the podcast on iHeartRadio. I'll post it not too long after the show. And I appreciate you all joining me this morning. You can follow me on Twitter, by the way, at Beyond Reason R. You can uh, find me on Facebook and send me a friend request. And I'll end the show just like Bud does. God bless you and God bless America. Catch you next time.